I'm so glad to have one of our good friends back with us, Reagan Rose from Redeeming Productivity, Bible teacher. He's been with us many times, but now he's got this book out from Moody Publishers. Reagan, how you doing? I'm doing really well. It's been, it's great to be back with you. Man, this is awesome. So you've got the book out now. You have to be pretty excited. Oh, I'm thrilled. As you know, there's a topic I'm really, really passionate about. So getting it in print form and getting to spread the word about it is really exciting. Get More Done for the Glory of God. That's his banner headline. By the way, guys, redeemingproductivity.com. He writes there. He's got articles uh, many good ones, and we've highlighted a lot of them. Did you did you actually pick up a lot of these articles, or at least some of the principles, and put them in the book? Yeah, a lot of the principles from the articles are there. I kind of think about it that over the last maybe five years or so, I've been developing these ideas, and the book is the best crystallized form of them. All right, well, let's go ahead and talk about, you've got the pillars, and then you've got the practices. So, But, but let's point out the obvious. We can be really busy and accomplish absolutely nothing for the glory of God. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the worst feeling. That's the thing we all hate, that feeling like life's on a treadmill. You're doing lots of things, but you're not getting lots of things done. And I think with productivity, that's the big distinction. It doesn't mean being busy all the time. It means completing things done, not just doing them. Yes. And I love this because it's uh, what you do is Christ-centered, obviously. It's a biblical and it's extremely practical. So let's uh, let's start with pillar number one. The origin of productivity is, hey guys, as a follower of Jesus, guess what? You belong to God. Yeah, I think that that is massive. Everything flows from that. I think w- with the way the world conceives of productivity, you know, they think in terms of you belong to yourself. It's kind of an unstated truth. I belong to me, so the the purpose of my productivity, all of that is about making me happy, finding success for myself. But the Christian starts with their understanding of productivity by saying, no, my life belongs to God. I'm bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so that means my work, my efforts, my whole life, it's a stewardship. And that's a fundamentally different approach to productivity. Yeah, it really is. Crafting a morning routine, how you begin your day. I would also say how you end your day, but definitely for the sake of the conversation, how we begin the day is is vitally important. And does it mean getting up earlier or staying up later? I think it's a, a combination. It's not about getting less sleep. It's about going to bed a little earlier so you can wake up earlier. Sometimes when I talk about morning routines, people think I'm telling them to get less sleep. That's not it at all. Yeah. It's go to bed earlier so you can get up earlier so you have undistracted time. That's the key, carving out undistracted time. So we put God first, and once we do that, then everything else kind of falls into place. So how long does a morning routine need to be? It probably varies person to person. Yeah, I just recommend people, if you're just starting out, try for 15 minutes, go to bed 15 minutes earlier, maybe 30 minutes earlier, and just try that so you have some time in the Word and some time for prayer and, and to start your day on the right note. Okay, so that would be step number one. Now we've got uh, pillar number two. We've got pillar number one. Now pillar number two is the purpose of productivity, the why behind all of this. And that is we exist to glorify God. That's why we are here, isn't it? That's exactly right. I feel like this is something sometimes even as Christians we can forget. One of the wonderful benefits 
of being a Christian is not just that we're forgiven for our sins, that we have hope of eternal life in Christ, but we have a purpose. The whole world is looking for a purpose. Why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? I know I'm here to glorify God. And that's an incredible gift. And when you apply that to how you think about your work and what it means to be productive, it it fundamentally changes everything. Suddenly it's not about I'm here to get rich or I'm here to get famous or something like that. It's I'm here to glorify God. And that redefines success in my work and in my productivity. Yeah, I think success, the way I define it is faithfulness and usefulness to God. And that's, we have to have the right posture in our heart and our mind as well uh, to be able to embrace that on a daily basis, so it seems to me. Um, What about getting organized? That's the practice for this one. you know, there's <laughs> to come up with the excuse of, uh, you know, well, there's organization and disorganization. That is an excuse that doesn't always fly, does it? Yeah, you've got to get organized. And I'm, I say this as not a naturally organized person. I'm a pretty messy person by default. But the way I think about it is if you have a purpose, you're going to organize for that purpose. You know, even Jesus talked about, you know, if, if you were, if, if someone was going to go build a tower, they're going to count the cost and make sure they have what they need to build the tower. Part of that's organizing, checking what resources you have. Um, and if my purpose is to glorify God with my life, well, I need to kind of build some order around that that respects how important that purpose is. And that's in the simple stuff like organizing your room, organizing your, um, your work area, because all those things help you fulfill your purpose of glorifying God better. Yeah, it's it's the little stuff, and, and a lot of times it's the the stuff that's not necessarily spiritual, and yet it is, right? Yeah, and that's exactly what I'm trying to hit on in this book, is the, it's kind of all these practical things of life, they sometimes get missed in the church because we're rightly focused on the Word of God, we're right, rightly focused on principles, but at least for me, I need help in the practicals. I need help making time, getting organized, so that I can live out my Christian walk and walk in those spiritual truths. One of the other pillars that you have here, interesting, interestingly enough, is you were saved to bear fruit for God. This past weekend, I told the story of my wife and I having coffee on Saturday morning. We're sitting at the table, and I'm like, wait a minute, something's different here. And there's some plastic fruit uh, sitting in the <laughs> middle of the table, and it's like those rubber grapes and stuff. And I'm like, man, my grandma used to have this stuff around. You know, does this mean that we're heading into, well, we're getting old? Is that what happens? There's a switch that's flipped <laughs> where you have this sudden urge to go out and buy uh, plastic fruit. And so it, it was fun. We had a conversation, too, about bearing fruit for God. But, um, you know, this pillar of, uh, you know, you were saved to bear fruit for God. We we did talk about, you know, Jesus is the vine, we're the branches, and we abide in him and we bear much fruit. And, of course, um, there is such a thing as, you know, talk about the plastic fruit, you know, fake fruit, right? It looks good on the outside, but it's not genuine. So I find that Mm -hmm. interesting that uh, you tackle this in the book, too. Yeah, you know, that is one of the big differences, I think, in the way that the Bible talks about productivity. Uh, Because it used to be, before the Industrial Revolution, if someone used the word productivity, you would picture a productive fruit tree. That's why we call the the section where you buy fruits and vegetables at the grocery store the produce section. Yeah, okay, you answered a question I've had for a long time. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, but, you know, since the Industrial Revolution, I think we all think that. We think in mechanical terms. When I think of productivity, I think purely about efficiency. But that's not the way that the Bible talks about it. 
it's about the quality of the fruit that you produce. You know, and you, you mentioned John 15, and I am the true vine, you are the branches. If you abide me, you'll bear much fruit. You'll be productive in bearing much fruit. You'll be producing those things which please God. And that's the content of a Christian's productivity. It's mm-hmm. not just about getting random stuff done. <laughs> it's about um, getting stuff done that pleases God. Yeah. And one of the practice, well, the practice for this one is track your commitments. How do we do that? Yeah, a, a big way to do that is just kind of having a to-do list. Um, I talk in the book about how to manage your to-do list with a little bit more um, robustness. So instead of just having the checklist on a post-it note, yeah. you keep projects and things like that. And we talk through the details of that. But that the, the key word there is commitment. It's, it's not just things you're doing. It's promises you've made. And when you start mm. thinking about your tasks as keeping commitments, keeping promises, again, that changes the way it, it, it makes it, uh, you understand the spiritual importance of even the little stuff. You're keeping promises every, th- every time you do something you said you were going to do. How do you remain productive as a parent when you have kids uh, in the house? <laughs> Tell us who's, who's in the background there. That's funny. That was, that was my three-year-old Watson. And the trick to that is to snap uh, at your wife off the phone. That's classic. I love that when real life invades <laughs> and live radio. Oh, man. All right. So the last one we're going to focus on here, we can't do them all, but I love this one. Uh, the, the source of productivity is you are uniquely gifted by God. That is true. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's so easy for us to fall into, like, the grass is greener mentality. This can happen in the church, you know. I talk in that chapter about spiritual gifts, um, and I also talk about natural gifts. Where you look at the gifts other people have, and you think, oh, man, I wish I could do what they're doing. But the fact is, God made each of us unique. That's not just, like, some feel-good, you know, make your heart feel warm and fuzzy. God made us unique, and he made us for a purpose. And so your contribution to glorifying God with your life is unique to you. And he's given you gifts to enable you to do that. And then when you recognize that, you see that I have the power to accomplish what God's called me to do. Yeah. And that's incredible. That's a great feeling to know that I have the power to do what he wants me to do. He, I'm not on my own. Yeah, he equips us is what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. I mean, he makes us adequate for the task. He equips us, but he always leaves room for faith, because that's how much he values faith. So when you step out, yeah, he, you know, he gifts you, he provides opportunities, but he's always going to stretch you a little bit when it comes to your faith. At least I've experienced that myself. Amen. You know? Amen. You, uh, you talk about setting goals here as the practice for this one. Um, how do we set the right goals? Mm-hmm. I think part of it comes back to that um, your purpose is to glorify God. When you're setting goals, you really have to be cognizant of why am I doing this? Is it purely for selfish reasons or is, is there an element of this, how I'm going to use this to glorify God? And so I, I talk about that in that chapter a little bit, that the why is so important. Um, if you can combine a really strong why, which connects with the glorify, glorifying God, with a really good plan, you will accomplish your goals. But a lot of people, they're missing either the why or the plan. And so that chapter kind of walks you through a process for literally writing out, why am I doing this? What are the steps I'm going to take? And people will find when you do that, go through that process, you actually get those goals done. 
Sometimes we have the paralysis of analysis and we're like, oh man, what if I don't get the goals exactly right here? And then we freeze up and and then we don't do anything at all. And uh, that's, I think a lot of people probably fall into that camp. They've experienced this. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. And the, the one thing I keep remembering, I don't know who said it, but that you can only turn a car while it's in motion. Yeah. And a lot of times the, the best thing you can do is just make a decision, set an objective based on the information you have right now. And when you, when you reach that goal or you're on your way to that goal, you may find that I want to change course. But a lot of times if we stay in that paralysis of analysis, you actually make no progress at all. You just kind of, you know, hope you're going to figure out the best solution. You won't, not till the car is moving. So I just tell people, get the car moving, pick a goal, make it short term. And as you're going, the clarity is going to start to come. Awesome. Well, Reagan, I got to let you go. Uh, make sure you tell Watson we said hi. I will. <laughs> it's good talking with you. Appreciate the time. <laughs> All right, you bet. You know you're always welcome to come back. We uh, we appreciate you very much. Redeemingproductivity.com is the website uh, for Reagan Rose, redeemingproductivity.com. He's got a lot of great stuff there, guys. You should check it out right now. And the book is, well, we just kind of did a flyover, but it's really, really good content. Redeeming Productivity is the name of it, Getting More Done for the Glory of God.